RPG Mania, a video game music podcast for September 3rd, 2020, is presented by leveldowngames.com. On with the show. You're listening to title music from Kronos on the ZX Spectrum, released in 1987, composed by Tim Fallen. weekly video game music and discussion podcast brought to you by leveldowngames.com. I'm Brian, and if you're new around here, what we'd like to do on this show is challenge ourselves to never play the same track more than once, except for special occasion episodes. Each and every Wednesday, myself and a special guest will sit down and chat about a particular topic, theme, game, or composer while listening to some really excellent music. Do us a quick favor, if you don't mind, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever listening to us and leave that five-star rating into review so we continue to climb those charts in terms of search results. We do have a bit of housekeeping to mention before continuing. We recently moved our podcast over to Anchor. Actually, all of our podcasts are now hosted through Anchor. As we moved the Level Down Games podcast over this week as well and hit our music and the media files are already on that platform. Anyway, in moving the show, Everything went smooth, except we lost 10 episodes in the transfer. Somehow. Now, because we've made some changes, normally I wouldn't care. But these episodes are some of our more popular ones. So let the conspiracy theories fly about why these ones chose not to transfer. We're going to be re-uploading these episodes to our feed over the course of the next week. Long-time listeners, there's nothing new in these. If you're new to the show, though, consider listening and checking out some of our older content. The ones we'll be re-uploading for the sake of cataloging are the episodes based on Super Mario Odyssey, Lava and Fire Levels, Desert Levels, Turok 1 and 2, Soccer Wars, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, our deep dive on Noriyuki Yawadare, our 100th episode celebration, and our highlight of Super Mario RPG. Today on BG Mania, we're doing something that occurs once every three months. A composer deep dive, if you will. But we're actually changing the title of these particular episodes to something more in line with what we do here on the show. I know we aren't your typical VGM podcast, but we used to refer to these episodes as deep dives. It was something that was much easier to do when myself and a co-host would come back after each track to discuss them and continue going further and further into the composer themselves and their life. But with this new formula, it feels more like a breezy conversation every week. And I don't want to give the wrong impression that we're meticulously going to pick apart each avenue and faucet of a particular composer every quarter. We're not gonna do that, no. Going forward, 
these composer deep dives are nothing more than appreciation episodes. That's why you see the title as Tim Fallen Appreciation Episode. You couldn't see it, but I actually highlighted the words Tim Fallen Appreciation Episode, like kind of in the air. <laughs> Before we bring this episode's special guest into the studio, let's take a listen to three more tracks from the legendary Tim Fallen. You're listening to Stage 2, The Village of Decay, from Ghouls and Ghosts on the Commodore 64, released in You're listening to Ending from Solstice on the NES, released July of 1990.
you're listening to Section 2 BGM from Silver Surfer on the NES, released in November of Now I'm back in here joined by, once again, Jessica, you are back on the show. Thanks for having me back. And this is not a normal episode that you would typically be co-starring in. We're doing today a deep dive on a specific composer, Mr. Tim Fallon, who is generally known for, you know, doing music back on like the ZX Spectrum on the Commodore 64, the Amiga, the Atari, the original NES. And I know this is all, first of all, it's all before your time. Because mm-hmm. you are, you were born in 93, so before all of these platforms came out. Yes. But it's also not just like a, a typical episode where, where I would normally have you, but I'm actually really excited that you're on this episode today because it allows me to showcase a composer that does have a lot of, you know, like a a massive following to fans of retro games. 
Like he's one of the okay. most well-known composers from the mid to late to early 1990s. And, and I meant mid to late 80s and then the early 90s. He's one of the most well-known composers and somebody that, you know, has a very distinct sound. Uh, Tim Fallen and his brother okay. Jeff Fallen. They were actually both composers and they co-composed a lot of music, some of which we're actually going to be, uh, you know, playing from here. I'm actually, you know, looking on the Wikipedia as we're sitting here recording this. And I mean, you can literally see going down the list how often his brother Jeff kind of shows up oh, okay. as, as the co-composer with him on a lot of these games that they did work on together. And he has a very distinct sound. And I'm sure you noticed it. We listened to the four... Uh, opening track so far, you know, Cronus, Ghouls and Ghosts, Solstice, and Silver Surfer. He utilizes distinct sound channels and distinct sounds throughout his compositions mm -hmm. that kind of give it more of a video gamey sound, if that were an actual, you know, like appropriate description to use. I know a lot of people when they hear like, you know, regular music, oh, this kind of sounds like, you know, like, oh, oh, think Dragon Force and, you know, how Herman Lee makes okay, the guitar so sound like... like how guitars and I'm sorry sound like video games I get what you mean because I mean I'm sure I mean we've been together for a long time so you know how I am but I always associate songs with events or people so like you know there are certain songs that I'll hear and I'm like oh that reminds me of my mom or like there'll be like a certain song and I'm like oh that reminds me of a movie I watch or like video games so I guess in that sense, when you hear his songs, I would instantly be like, oh, that's my video game. And it's funny because the track that we just played from Silver Surfer, Silver Surfer is not even considered a good game. Like the Angry Video Game Nerd actually did a video on this. It, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you know, he's done several. And I mean, you know, we're going to be playing a track coming up here from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. It's funny because Tim Fallen made all of the music for these games that do have somewhat of like negative critical it's like a bad reputation right like yeah. a negative okay. critical reception and that kind of stuff but the music to these games is really incredible and that's something that's always stood out amongst them if i might add the silver Sur surfer song it kind of reminded me of the um Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle song that I played on one of the radio hours where it's like dun 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 Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's just like the beat of it kind of reminded me of that. And I was trying to think like where does this song sound familiar? But I think it's because I heard it from Angry Video Game Nerd, but originally I was thinking of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I'm curious if like that composer kind of took from this one in the sense of like a little bit of like what he was doing because a lot of it was really similar. Uh, that I'm not sure. Silver Surfer released in 1990 and I'm not, okay. I, I remember the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles track you selected and it was around the same time period. I think it was a couple years later, maybe 92 or 93 that that one had released. I don't know. I mean, I personally just think that they sounded No, I, no, I get it. Like, yeah, absolutely. At first, that's just the first thing I noticed and that was why that song specifically stood out to me. Yeah. Although I did really like the Halloween one. The Halloween song. Oh, from Ghouls and Ghosts? <laughs> it was refreshing. We're finally, we're approaching fall, so. When he was a kid, he actually didn't have, like, any musical training, didn't go to school for anything like that, and actually just ended up following his older brother, Mike Fallen, into video games. Now, Mike Fallen learned how to compose and program for the ZX Spectrum, which is why Tim Fallen ended up starting out doing things 
also on the uh, the ZX Spectrum. Okay, so it's like a family thing. Yeah, because again, like we mentioned siblings, like his brother Jeff. Like, yeah, absolutely. Cool. But I mean, that's that's interesting because I mean, I, I know you don't have siblings, but like that's what originally introduced me to games was my siblings, and that was one of the main things like what I gotta hang out with my brothers because. Especially my oldest brother, like him and I are pretty big and vast, like with our age difference. So like we didn't really have much in common because he was such like a stud ahead of me. So like that's how I was introduced to like Final Fantasy and to like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and to Resident Evil and like all that stuff. So like that's like how I was introduced to those games. And what's really cool is that you know the opening track that we played in with from Chronos. Tim Fallen actually recorded that and began his career. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say he did that when he was his age, but he started working out at the place where he was when he did that one at Insight Studios when he was 15 years old and then would eventually go on to score, you know, the very brief, but what exists, if you could call them, quote unquote, soundtracks for uh, Agent X, Kronos and Bubble Bobble for the uh, Commodore 64 and ZX Spectrum because they only have one sound channel so they're really you know there's not much you can do with it but tim fallen makes it sound so like verbose he's really good at what he does and he was 15 well not necessarily then but he started oh, at the I'm company like, that's why i said like i shouldn't say he when was i was 15. 15 i'm not doing that no that's why i said i shouldn't say that he was 15 okay, when he did I, it he I started know, working there when he was 15. Either way, at 15, I wasn't working at studios to make music for video games. So no, he's I very mean, talented. He's a very talented individual. That's amazing. So Yeah, very talented individual. But I mean, that explains why he is so good with what he does is because he has started at such a young age that it's almost just like what he's done. It's like second nature to him. Right, absolutely. He's just like, sure, I'll just cuff out this song for you. Here you go. Let's, uh, let's jump to three more tracks and then you and I will be back after we take a listen to this. You're listening to Tank Battle from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade on the NES, released March of 1991.
You're listening to Title Screen from Gauntlet 3, The Final Quest on the Amiga, released sometime Spring 1991. listening to Sidewinder from Super Offroad on the SNES, released in 1992.
coming back in after listening to Sidewinder from Super Off-Road, it, it's kind of funny. Like, that's a game that I've talked a lot about here on BG Mania. That's one of those games that, you know, when I was a kid. Runs an inch plays with your dad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I have a lot of fond memories of this game and of this soundtrack. We've played three or four tracks off of this one, and I always talk about it each time. It's funny that that's a game based on truck racing because that track does not sound like it at all. And I think that's a testament to just like, like I said, Tim Fallon was so good at what he did. Like that particular block of tracks we just played, really good stuff there. Okay, the off-road one was really good, but the f the second one we played, uh, what was it? The castle game or some whatever it was. Gauntlet 3, the final quest. That one was amazing. Okay, so I'm thinking, wow, this track's pretty good. And then that like bass drop super deep for a moment. And then you're thinking, damn, that's powerful. Like that's some good music. And then it hits you with that like techno wave. And I'm like, holy moly. And then Brian's like, are you done? And I'm thinking, yeah, we can, you know, we can go to the next song. But this was really good. I was like, I might have to just listen to this again at some other point. A lot of what we're hearing throughout these tracks, uh, he often cites progressive rock and bands such as Jethro Tull, Led Zeppelin, uh, Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, and Guns N' Roses as being like major influences to how he composes. You could, you can, I mean, now that I know that, you can hear that in the song, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it's something that anytime you always hear like Tim Fallon mentioned on other video game music podcasts, he's very popular in the video game music podcasting like circle of community. He's one of those composers that a lot of people have a lot of fond memories of, memories of the games, but also just because he does a really good job when he's composing his music. But it's funny because he oftentimes feels like his music and like the, and, and even talks about it here on Wikipedia. He, he talks about how like there's no frame of reference or genre objective in mind when he's composing that stuff. That's so, Because, I mean, that's not usually a, a, a take that a lot of composers do. I mean, usually when composers create their music, they have some sort of, like, thought in their mind as to, like, where they want it to go, what theme it's off of, that kind of stuff. Right. So it's interesting that he's just kind of like, here's a song. <laughs> well, it, like, it's really interesting when you kind of dig into the background a little bit because uh, it even says that, like, his methodology methodology of music was that music is quote unquote basically an unconscious experience that does not and should not engage your intellect rather he believes that music was more of a atmospheric thing and had always written music to be part of something else intending for the game to provide the image or scene of context and not the music itself Okay. So he takes a very different approach when it comes to composing, but I think that's why a lot of people really appreciate kind of what he did and what he was able to do back in a time where... He was the Mozart of that era. Well, that's, that's something that's... He just yeah, very, sort of. Because, I mean, the way he did things was just like, what are you doing? But it works. No one really questioned it much more than that. I mean, they were like, whatever you're doing is working, so keep doing it. And it ended up with some really great, you know, games released and really great compositions for incredible... Uh, I'm sorry. It ended up with, like, really incredible soundtracks released that... You know, we, we still look back on and appreciate to this day. Yeah, you get songs like the second one we just listened to, again, with that beat, and then all of a sudden the freaking techno, I was like, whoa. Yeah, it's pretty like, awesome. I, <laughs> again, I, I was 
very impressed by that one, and I hope I emphasize that enough that the second one, I'm very impressed. Yeah. Very, um, I like it. We are going to jump to our last block. Oh, I'm sorry. Our next block, not our last. The last block that you'll be with me, and then I'll be back after that to close out the show. But he's very famously known for composing the music to Plock, which we've played a couple tracks from Plock on the Super Nintendo already on the show. But we're going to take another listen to another one from that game in this next block of music. So uh, this one should be good. You're listening to Paranoid from Rock and Roll Racing on the SNES, released June 4th, 1993. everybody it's kyle from the media files and if you don't know what the media files is what are you even doing the media files is a pop culture review to help you 
get through those boring water cooler conversations. Every episode, a special guest and I will be talking about something happening in pop culture, whether it's movies, television, music, books, sports, video games, you name it, we'll talk about it. Subscribe to The Media Files on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you there. You're listening to Boss from Plock on the SNES, released September of 1993. 
You're listening to Battle from Equinox on the SNES, released March of I know we are playing something a little bit later on in the show that released in 2004 to close it out with, but it's sad. Like when you look at his, uh, you know, game credits, they sort of stop in like the mid nineties. And then you got a couple in the late nineties and then a couple in the early two thousands. You got one in 2015, but he, I mean, he kind of retired in like the mid nineties. And it really sucks because, you know, I feel like there was so much more he could have lent to the uh you know the 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 scene or just game music in general maybe he just wanted to sit back and enjoy his like, oh absolutely probably he's like i've been working since i was 15 I'm tired. <laughs> like i want to go to bed yeah probably Good for him i mean if i can retire that early that's that's goals probably um but i do know that he serves himself as inspiration to a lot of composers now that are still out there doing things uh particularly jesper kid and david wise two composers that we talk a lot about here on BG Mania. Uh, I, I myself am a big fan of both of those gentlemen. So. Now bear with me because I'm horrible with names. Can you explain like a song that I would know? Jesper Kidd is Assassin's Creed. Okay. And David Wise is pretty much everything Nintendo, when, they, or I'm sorry, Rare when they were with Nintendo. Okay. Uh, you know, you have David Wise and Grant Kirkhope, but David Wise probably... Uh, most well-known for the Donkey Kong Country series. Okay, so you got to use examples because I'm, I'm horrible with names. But yeah, those, those two guys are, are are big fans of Tim Fallon and often cite him as like a big inspiration behind what they're currently doing and even what they did like in the past, so. Do you know what I found interesting while listening to like his songs? He likes to do like multiple songs in one song. Like he likes to start off with one tune and oh, then it like cuts off to another one absolutely. that's completely different and then it like dies down again and then it kind of, which is interesting because as you said before, like he doesn't really have an idea when he starts the song. So I'm wondering if he gets like bored and then wants to do something different, but still is like matching what's happening. 
I don't know. I just, I find that very interesting. Like, I, I thought it was kind of cool. And it always comes together and it, it makes like a really good song and a really good track for a video game. It makes, you, it makes a good bass, game song. That deep bass <laughs> was just like, it drew me in. I can't get over it. Yeah, um, but it even says here, you know, around August 2005, Fallen announced on his website with much delight that he had chosen to stop composing music for games. Well, at least it was his choice. <laughs> it's always bad when it's not their choice. But yeah, again, he's been working since 15. Yeah, but I mean, he did say that, and you know, the masterpieces, the irregularity of the work and not, you know, not having a substantial income and, uh, you know, a steady substantial income because of it. And uh, he'd said that composing for games made him really, really stressed and kind of sick. So he chose to just kind of like step away. And like I said, it sucks that he did choose to retire, even in 2005, even though then he still wasn't really doing much. But he popped back in a few times. No, I know. But like you look like when he really stopped. Yeah, I mean, he stopped in his prime. When he really stopped was 1995, which, yeah, you know, the prime of his career. The dude was 25 years old in 1995. I'm telling you, if he would have kept chugging, he would have been like, I mean... He, at that point, he were to retire and not have to worry about money ever again. Because Think about that so for a second. Royalties. In 1995, when he stopped... I was two. Or Wait, what? You were two. Yeah, I was two. But in 95, when he stopped, he was only 25 years old. He was born in 1970. He's only 49 right now. I was like, you didn't even start like your career with this until, what, your like, late 20s? 29, 30? Yeah, I'm 34 now. We've been doing this for, what, a little over four years, so... I'm ready to retire. <laughs> I wish. My time. I wish. I wish, man, to be able to like kind of coast on what you've done at 25 and then, you know, come back at 28 years old and have a couple more games under your belt, but then retire when you're 35 from, well, again, from just video game music, but still like, again, you're like, but again, you're in your prime. Like yeah. the fact that you're at 25, but you know what? At least at that age, he realized, oh, life's too short. I'm stressed the F out. Like, this isn't worth it. And he stepped back. So, I mean, even though maybe, like, you know, he did what he wanted, but maybe he just, it wasn't fit out for him. Yeah. Um, He is now pursuing other careers. I I believe he's doing stuff in films, TV advertising, and graphic design. So he is out there still doing things. Yeah, he's busy. Uh, He's just retired from video game music. And his brothers, uh, Jeff and uh, Mike, also are no longer in the video game industry as well. So all of them have pretty much exited after entering it at a very early age. That's so interesting, because you would think, like... But, I mean, video games back then are so different than they are now. Like, nowadays, people take video games a lot more seriously, and they actually are, like, understanding, like, the beauty and, like, how interesting and cool video games actually are compared to how they were back then. Because you always got the angry, like, oh, you're playing those video games again, so... Yeah. You get what I mean. Yeah. Um, now, before we break off, and I know, like, but you guys are going to listen to a song from Batman Returns, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's Batman Returns, right? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, with Poison the... Ivy and all that stuff, like, uh, based off the movie. Batman Forever. Batman, Batman Forever. Forever, yes. Okay. I forgot about that game, and I forgot that it existed, but that game, and uh, you guys are so lucky you're going to listen to it, because if, I wish I would have heard if, like, remembered about it beforehand, 
but I like grew up on that game and Brian was just saying he's like yeah I hated that game like it was horrible and I'm like really because I freaking loved it it was one of the only games I was good at and I'm I horrible. don't remember if it was a bad I'm, game I think it was a bad game it probably was because <laughs> I was good at it because I'm not good at that kind of stuff but I loved it and so like I don't know I just I had to say something about it because that game is really one of those that like the minute I heard it it just brought me back to my past and I was like holy crap I remember like just hitting the button I'm like kick <laughs> yeah that's in the next block of music so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna kick to that here in a second but I do want to mention real quick before you and I get out of here as well I do know that that last track that we played before we came back in from rock and roll racing uh is literally just paranoid by uh by Black Sabbath, but uh, what's they, they, they did, they did a, a Sims twist on it. You know what I mean? Like how when the Sims, you get the well, no, what's actually cool about Rock and Roll Racing is that it did basically have licensed music in the game. Like I mean, I mean, Black well, Sabbath was there, like Steppenwolf, Bad to the Bone. Like they had some really popular tracks back then. But what's cool about this is that mm -hmm. Tim Fallon, because he did the soundtrack to this game, was able to uh, compose these really popular songs on, you know, a 16-bit chip. So I wanted to highlight that particular thing because we don't get to play a lot of music from rock and roll racing. And uh, I, I definitely wanted to take this opportunity to do that because I think it's a cool game. I loved that game when I was a kid. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, just kind of, you talked about <laughs> Batman forever, so. <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. I mean, but I'm just like, I mean, I don't know. But again, that's why, like, a lot of his songs, I, I personally didn't know because, you know, again, I, I am younger. And even though I did have an older brother who did introduce me to a lot of older games, because at that point he was at the age of playing them, you know, I didn't really notice a lot of these until I heard the Batman forever or whatever. And I was like, holy moly, he made this? Like, I'm pretty excited now. I like this composer. I guess he's approved. <laughs> I guess he's okay. And plus that other song. Again, I can't get over it. I gotta listen to it. All right. Well, you are gonna get out of here because I know you gotta get to bed here soon. But we are gonna kick to our last, blo uh, last block of tracks. I'm getting tired myself. I know, I'm getting tired too. We're gonna kick to these pieces of music and then I'll be back to close out the show after this. But Jessica, it was exciting to get to uh, to showcase and highlight this music to you, but I know this isn't literally like your normal cup of tea in terms of um, doing Um, I mean, at least it was a good composer. Absolutely. Because that, I mean, there's some composer deep dives, and I'm like, okay, this can be over now. Like, sure. I mean, but I mean, I'm not a fan of every composer, and that's okay. You yeah. don't have to be. So I'm glad that you, you know, you invited me to do this. I'm excited that I learned he just was, you know, the composer of like a really good game that I forgot about from my past and I'm like super excited and want to play it again. So thanks for introducing me to that again. I appreciate it. And then you'll be back uh, later this month for the monthly mash of September. Yes. And then again, who knows? Maybe I'll get that Jessica themed episode at some <laughs> point. Maybe one day. Who knows? I don't know. Sometime in the future. We'll see again. Who knows? All right. Well, thanks for joining me and I will talk to you guys here after we listen to these Lex tracks. Bye guys. You're listening to Play Ball from Ken Griffey Jr. presents Major League Baseball on the SNES, released March of 1994.
You're listening to Arkham Asylum from Batman Forever on the SNES, released August of 1995.
you're listening to Hanging Waters from Echo the Dolphin, Defender of the Future on the Sega Dreamcast, released September 10th, 2000. That is unfortunately going to bring us to the close of the show for this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible by leveldowngames.com. Don't forget to submit tracks, ideas, and requests for future episodes to BG Mania at leveldowngames.com. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop it over to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash Games. Subscribe to us there. And if you haven't already, while you're at it, hit up twitch.tv forward slash Games and click that follow button as well. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook will be the place to do so. Check that description box for the appropriate links. And in that description box, you will, of course, find a link to our Discord server. Click it, join it, and interact with us. Next week, myself and a special guest will be discussing and listening to pieces of the soundtrack from the recently released Ari and the Secret of Seasons, which has a whimsical and magical feel to it. I'm really looking forward to this one. Taking us out of this episode, we're going to be taking a listen to Enemy Attack Number 1 from Future Tactics The Uprising on PS2, Xbox, GameCube, and PC, released May 10th, 2004, composed, of course, as everything was today, by the amazing Tim Fallon. Keep the music playing, and keep it loud.